Back to School is coming up and Markeisha and Courtney's here to help you navigate some transitions with your child. I cannot believe I did a poll and I put early August, late August and September. And Courtney told me that I left out July. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? I was like, um, my kids go back to school in July. And she's like, that's wrong. <laughs> Are you talking about July? The thing is, Courtney, you weren't the only one. And I was, I had the face like, ah, oh, like the emoji that says, what? What are we talking about July in, in Arizona? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guess my husband says it's modified year round. Oh, modified gosh. year round. That's what it is. They're going to be hot. Yeah, they have weather delays. They have weather, <laughs> not delays, but like they're so extreme, they can't go out to recess. If it's like what over 110, they can't go out to recess. Heat advisory, that's what's Heat advisory, yeah. They don't get to go to our school. I mean, they don't get to go to play a lot of times <laughs> outside. So, nonetheless, we want to help you guys transition and help ourselves transition back to school because we're both dealing with this currently. Yep. You go back. Yep. Next week. Yeah. My kids are back next week. So I uh, definitely timely for me. Like I can help the people who, you know, have August and September, they'll have a lot of time to implement our part one and part two of back to school time. Yep. And I am actually going to be um, doing the first part that we're going to be doing is um, transitioning Joe back is I go to the school early. Um, and have him meet his teacher and we go through his school day and I'm not talking about open house um, alone private tour uh, if you want to call it that so he knows what his day looks like um, lunch the just the whole school day with the playground recess um, library it is the same school that he went to last year however of course it's a different teacher he was super anxious last year about um, second grade, like everyone's talking about second grade, second grade. And he didn't get um, what that meant. And so he thought that second grade meant um, like first grade. And then like the last day of school, he was going to second grade. And he started to have a really hard time because he was like, I don't understand what the second grade thing is. So they kind of, um, we worked with his teacher to talk. So he got to see his second grade class because of those things um, right. early. And so we're gonna be continuing that on. So I would urge you guys to see if your school could give your child a private preview of what that looks like. Walk down the hallways, wherever the drop off is and whatever the um, schedule would look like, their RSP room, their speech room, um, if possible, the teachers that they're gonna be having or pictures of what their new teachers would look like. And um, the playgrounds, like I said, the lunch areas, um, any lunch numbers, anything that they could have a preview ahead of time. And I like to see it physically. Like I don't just, I would like to go there. If you're able to do that, then that is my tip. And me and Joe will be going there next week. Yeah, it's so important because that's, 
so different than like a picture, like experiencing it. And for our kids to have, well, for a lot of different reasons, whether it's anxiety or part of their diagnosis for another medical or diagnosis, whatever the case may be, the truth is that it's real to them. And that that feeling of, I don't know where to go. I don't know what it's going to look like. That's just going to replay in their mind over and over again. And for um, my kiddo, they'll get stuck on that and it'll be hard. And I think part of that too is when you were saying like second grade, I, I'm not criticizing teachers, but like, you know, in fifth grade, it will be different. And so they're trying to prepare the kids, but for kids that are very literal, yes. they take that. So um, that's one of the anxiety points for my son yeah. is, well, in fifth grade, it's going to be so much harder. It's this or it's yeah. that which it very well might be, but I also think it was a tool to try to motivate the fourth graders, you know? And so, but for kids who are, you know, a lot of black and white there, uh, it's this or it's that, then they're stuck on it. This, I'm not going to be able to make it because I don't know how to do those things. So I have one question for you. When you ask for that, um, because I hear this a lot from families when they say, well, the school just said, no, we don't do that. So like when you said, this is what I need, is it because you're a hall? They're like, you know, just let her in. Um, but like if a parent says, hey, the school just told me we don't do that here. Like, I know what I would say, but I'm just curious, like what you would say to that if they if the school kind of tries to shut you down. I would ask to see the policy <laughs> on why I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, that would be the first reason why. Um, I would see it as a accommodation to help mm-hmm. um, him. It's probably somewhere in his IEP that that would be helpful um, for him. Most schools seems like they would accommodate something like that at the beginning of the school year. Um, every child can't, you maybe can't make it to open house. Um, even if your child didn't have an IEP to come see the school, you know, parents work schedules and things like that don't always um, jive with those types of, um, you know, the times for that to come preview the school. So, you know, it's a public school. There's tons of things I would um, say it's a public school. Um, so, you know, it belongs it belongs to the people. So you can make an appointment at any time really to preview, you know, to see the school and to see, make an appointment to see the teacher. Um, right. So, just yeah. don't take that no. Like, I just feel like sometimes they, they, uh, too often, not everybody, it's not just, maybe that's an overgeneralization, but I think too often the go-to is like, no, or our teachers don't have time for that, which is all very true. My husband's a teacher. He's extremely yeah. busy. But I also know that on many years, he gets an email saying, my child doesn't do well with uh, meet the teacher, with the crowds. Can, can we come and meet with you at a different time? And of course, my husband says yes. He wants he wants to get to know the kids. He wants to know what their struggles and strengths are, so he can help um, encourage them through through the school year. But I just want to address that because so often, like our families will just get a no, and yeah. I want them to have permission um, from Courtney and Rakesha to yes. accept that no and um, go back again and and say and paint a picture of why I want to help so that my child has. Um, less anxiety on the first day so that we can avoid meltdowns so that I can have a chance to talk to the teacher um, to help them know what works best for a child. And really, when you paint the picture of those needs and why it's such a great idea, I would find it hard for somebody to say, like, 
we don't we don't do that here you know we don't meet the kids where they're at <laughs> we, don't, we don't do that here so for that's a great idea i love that and then another thing we've been doing is um talking about when you're doing that tour and even if you don't go do the tour i've been um emailing and calling and just figuring out what service providers so when i say service providers i'm talking about like speech therapists, occupational therapists, like you said, the resource teacher, who those are. And this is twofold. So it's one, because I want to help my children know who they're going to see and if it's different, what their name is. So again, they can, they see a lot of different people during the school week for their support. So I want them to know like who they're seeing. But my second reason is staff shortages. And so if I know that they don't have an OT, an occupational therapist, then I now know as a parent, I need to be asking, well, how are we going to make sure that my son and my daughter are getting these supports if we don't have an occupational therapist in place? So figuring out who your child's teacher is, who their support people are, also helps you know if there's any gaps in um, service minutes or they're not going to start the year having a speech therapist. That happens a lot. And um, we can go into what to do during a different podcast if you have uh, missing IEP minutes. But for now, I think this is a really great way to lean into preparing them for the school year, knowing if their their people change. Who's That's be, yeah, right. Who's going to be there? So you can say Josiah, you know, he's used to his his people, and if his people change, he's like. He needs to know that. <laughs> he wants to know that. Yeah, Miss Courtney, he's very, very, you yeah. know, sometimes they're subs and he's like, yeah, no, yeah, you're not it. her. <laughs> and, it, and sometimes it doesn't work out as well. Yeah, because there's definitely, I mean, as speaking as a SLPA, I can tell you there's some kids that, you know, that just love me and they jive with me and I I, I know AAC, let's say. Um, so if they got a different speech therapist and they didn't know about AAC, that's going to be a big deal to them and their family because I knew that. So I could um, really lean in and help them with that. So it's a big deal. And we all have people that we just love seeing every week at our job or whatever. And if one day we walked in and they were gone, um, we would, we're shocked. We're like, well, where is, you know, Nancy from HR? Like, where'd she go? Um, so that's, it's, it's, our kids are no different. They want reassurance. They want predictability. They want to make sure that they know what's going to happen during their day. Um, so the other thing we do at our house is getting ready for summertime. You know, they can stay up later. I think a lot of families do that. Um, getting up different times. So we do, um, you know, five days out, you know, we start doing like our normal bedtime routine, trying to get them up a little bit earlier. I do it a little bit every day. So we get up closer and closer to their normal um, rise time for school so that that first day is just not like a shock right. um, and you can get out some of the kinks of getting back into, you know, the routine is not as relaxed. We have, we have timelines here. We have to make the bus and such. Yeah. <laughs> the kids are not known for being exactly on time, except for Josiah. The thing with Josiah is over the summer, he parties like a rock star. All his siblings are teenagers. So I was like, you're not going away for college because you stay up late. But he does not sleep in. Like, he wakes up like it's school. Yeah, same time. Tells me, but it's not school today, right? And I'm like, no, it's not. So he 
he will still be on his school. He's going to practice his rice time. He's already been maintaining it. <laughs> we were on vacation. We were like, remember, when you wake up, what are you supposed to do? He's like, be on my iPad quietly. <laughs> like, <laughs> the rest of us do not want to rise at this time. Wake us up on vacation, okay? He's like, okay, mommy. Remember where your snacks are, okay? We'll get you up when it's time for breakfast. So, like, yeah. Like, it doesn't yeah. make a difference. What lately. I mean, he could literally stay up. Anyhow, for another session, we do that too. Yeah, a lot of our a lot of our kids um, sleep is not necessarily something that they that they need. <laughs> it seems like because my daughter um, she can go off very little sleep. I just wish that I had the same you know functionality, um, but I don't. I need sleep, so it's kind of rough for me. So yeah, so those are back to school tips of you know figuring out who their teacher is, going through the the school. Um, I guess we can get into the other stuff later. Some of that bleeds into um, then getting the the teachers on board. So for this session, we want this podcast. We wanted to focus on getting your kids. Oh, I know what else we we're going to talk about was leaning into their uh, recognizing that their feelings and yeah. whatever fears they're having. Um, one thing that I used to think I was helping my kids by telling them it wasn't a big deal or that wasn't a problem. But one thing I realized is um, that was really dismissive of like their real, how they were really feeling. And so one thing that's really helped is validating their feelings for what they are, kind of figuring out why that fear is there, what's the root cause of that fear, because that's really what they need help with is either processing a plan for if this happens, what do I do? Right. Um, is it okay for me to come to you and say that, this math is really hard and I just, I can't do my homework today or whatever that is, like kind of flushing it out so that you really can start to see why they're feeling that way and help them through it. Um, because I was thinking about that, you know, would I do that to an adult or to my friend? If my friend called me up and said, hey, I'm just really stressing about my new job, would I dismiss all her fears and tell her that, you know, she's fine and, you know, you know, all that stuff. I'd be like, no, I'd be listening. And then I would dig into, but hey, girl, you're really great at this. And I know that you've done hard things before, so you can do this. Of course, you have me by your side if you need to call me. And so I really, um, it should have been more intuitive, but I just think sometimes, you know, these old sayings like, you know, buck up, buttercup, and just are kind of like, they're really just telling them, you're just dismissing how they feel. And so I've really found that by validating that, I get a chance to really listen and lean into why they're feeling that way. And then I can better help them right. get through it. Um, Cause we still, you know, we have to go to school, but how are we going to make that the most secure and pleasant experience, not just for them, but for me too, like we don't want to have fights every morning right. and um, dealing with meltdowns and stuff. So figuring out, like, what's the root cause of that? Uh, yeah, getting down to the root cause of it, because all communication, as you know, is uh, all behavior, excuse me, is communication. And so getting, <coughs> excuse me, getting down to the root of it is important. And um, us as parents at various, especially when you have more than one, you might be patient with I have four. So I might during the day might be patient with three. 
But by six o'clock, that fourth one, they might be getting into tired mom. They might get, you know, during the day, it's <laughs> who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> during the week, oh my gosh, you know. So, um, so we, so I get it, you know, we have to just be able to validate. And then when we don't do those things, because we aren't perfect, we're people too as parents, right? And especially um, when your child has a disability, I know sometimes I be like, oh. I was like, I just, he's having a meltdown. I'm mad. <laughs> and that's a part of his disability. What kind of mother am I? Oh my gosh. Like, it's not even something that he can control. I'm just being honest, right? Yeah. When it gets around to transitions, I know going to the second grade is going to be different. It's a different room. We It does help him to go see it and everything. But, you know, I know that it's going to be different kids. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Different things dynamic. We, can't, things we can't control. And so I, you know, that first week is going to be, it's going to look different, of course. And so we can't, <coughs> excuse me, control those things. And we can just, um, you know, apologize for those things and yeah. make it, make it better. Apologize instead of expecting, like you said, if it was a friend, we expect our kids to have, not have big feelings and or valid feelings and be like, oh, you'd be okay. You're just like, oh, you're okay. You're, you're just a kid. You, there's no way you can be you know your life isn't that bad look at what look at the things that you have you don't have it as bad as me as an adult um, right and i think there there was a a little tip in there too is of getting our kids ready for back to school is also giving ourselves grace as parents mm -hmm. and so um realizing that and you know so many great things we can get into the in future podcasts but like really validating and centering ourselves as parents so that we can show up yep. the way we want to for our kids, but understanding that no one's perfect hundred percent of the time. Right. And so if you find that this is a new skill for you and you're trying to um, validate more and lean in, and it's hard to do sometimes, like you said, when you're tired, when the, the week has gotten away from you, but never be afraid to say, I'm sorry, you know what? I could have given you a little more time um, this morning when you brought that to me. Okay. I I dropped the ball. You know, I want to listen now. Can I listen now and um, go back and, and try again? And that's a really important skill for our kids to know is that we're not perfect right. and they're not perfect. And then how do you go back and repair something? And we can do that as parents by modeling that and by saying, you know, I want to try again because I I thought about it and I have I have a better way of handling that this afternoon. I want to, are you, are you open to that? Mm -hmm. My kids always say, oh yes, mom, I'm open to it. Um, don't, you don't have to be sorry, mom. And I said, you know, I do, I do need to say sorry because I want, you to be able to say sorry when you make a mistake or when something doesn't go. And so it's really important for a mom to say that she's sorry. Um, and so there's, there's that too, when we're getting back to school is just realizing that, you know, we're not going to be perfect. It's okay to say, sorry, it's okay to try again. And that back to school is hard on everybody. Teacher. <laughs> it's, it's a long two weeks to getting it. It's brutal. And we're all in it together. Yeah. So and if you, yeah. And if you guys have questions about that, um, 
I think they say it's like our DMs are open, but you know, DM us and chat with us because you know, Marquisha being in the classroom, both of our husbands being teachers, um, me being a therapist, we have a lot of, uh, in addition to being moms, we just have a lot of different perspectives and ideas that we can offer you guys. And that is what we want from this podcast is to be able to share real life moments, to be able to encourage people to be authentic, uh, how we show up and how we're doing things. Um, and really want to be a resource for families um, to know that they can come to us and that we're happy to help give um, tips, advice, things you can try that work for us. Might work for you. Real life situations. <laughs> yep. Well, so. with that being said, happy back to school for you Juliers. <laughs> yep. It's happening. Augusters, we're, we're going to be right behind you and September's, we're, we're jealous of you. Yeah, because they have like, they get like all the time to get all the back to school resources. And they're like, I got a whole month and a half right. to take in these back to school resources. Yeah. So yay for you. We're, we're a little bit jealous. Just a tad bit jealous. Yeah, a little bit jealous. <laughs> but happy back to school, everyone. All right, we'll be back for part two. Part two.